Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Luxury Healing, baby. <laughs> Luxury healing means that we mind the business that pays, right? I'm not going to be out here spending a bunch of money on things that are just going to make me sad and I'm going to have buyers or more. I'm going to spend the money on things that make me feel good, people that, you know, make me feel good and, and go places that make me feel good and things that resonate. Living is a luxury, don't you think? When we're talking about luxury healing, some of us didn't even make it to hear this show. So I think that we all need to be cognizant of the fact that just to be living is a luxury. So when we talk about luxury healing, it's not always going to be cute. It's not always going to be free. Healing costs money. You think jail don't cost money? <laughs> and when you're in an unhealed space and you go to jail, that costs money. You know, when you're in an unhealed space and, and you're doing things, you know, to your kids or you're, you're not paying your child support or you're not paying your dues in the community, those things in the end will cost you money. That's a luxury that a lot of us don't have. Technically, Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023, and I am just happy that y'all are here after this week's shit show. Um, I wanted to definitely clarify some things um, just because y'all know when I do stuff like that, it's because my hand was forced. Like, I'm not going to sit there and let somebody say something like that about me, especially one of my beloveds, especially somebody that I was in a relationship with. Like if it was somebody, you know, that I didn't care, it was just some boutine chair, some gossip or whatever, okay, that's fine. But we have a little bit more to lose now than just followers. We have money and businesses and things like that that we're losing. So the show is called Darkness and Darkness, and it's about the importance of darkness and healing. And I, I think that I would like to – go back to what y'all think is dark. So what y'all saw was not dark. Y'all saw me having to take a proactive stance against somebody who is currently or was currently trying to file some type of paperwork against me that said that I was, like, harassing, you know, him or, like, some type of restraining order when 
me being his significant other for two years, I knew that filing a restraining order would cause me to lose his job. And so I never did. And I, like I said, I have countless stories, and that's not what this show is about. What this show is about is I wanted to clarify a couple of things, okay? That show would have never happened if, as a man, he had come to me and said, I heard you did a show. Um, the people that told me that you did a show um, said that you did this. And so what's really hurtful for me is the fact that in the beginning of this relationship, I heard some minute things, but nothing major. And when I asked him, he's like, no, that's not true. And I believed him, you know, because there was no evidence of it. I didn't have any witnesses. I didn't have anybody that could corroborate the story. So I left it at that. And now I'm seeing that certain things that I heard in the beginning of the relationship were in fact true. Um, but I get my information from the source. I'm going to come directly to you and ask you. I'm not going to accuse you. And so what I was accused of was speaking to two wives and trying to, within his department and trying to set him up so that, like, I don't even know what that was about. And so the only thing that I can think of that would have afforded that type of context is the fact that when I was asked the question, is there anyone else that can corroborate your story or knows that this happened to you? I said, yes, we have friends and, you know, I have female friends and they just happen to be married. But at the end of the day, I don't speak to them that often. So me trying to set you up after everything that we've been through is completely not true. Okay. And so instead of being asked, what happened was I was accused, and then I'm being yelled at, saying that I was going to try to kill him and all this old crazy stuff, and that's why I was seeking mental health help, which, by the way, I only set up an appointment. I haven't even been to see anybody yet. And like I said, in the beginning of the relationship, it was very important to me that I was on my healing journey when I met him, and I had to stop because, like I said, his son's mother was actually my counselor. She's not a therapist, but she was a counselor. So, but she's certified to do groups and to do therapy and things like that. She just can't prescribe medicine, so on and so forth. So I'm just not understanding where this paranoia came from and then the legal jargon that was being spoken during the week. So I'm only going to spend a couple minutes on this and I'm going to get into the darkness portion. So I noticed that during the week when we were texting, he wouldn't respond to me via text, call me back. So it looks like I'm this stark raving mad lunatic just sending him all these text messages and he's not responding. So something told me to go ahead and take a snapshot of the corresponding phone calls that match those exact text messages to show that either I hung up, he hung up, I had blocked him at one point, I had deleted him off social media. Um, and blocked him at one point, and I was like, that's too emotional because, again, we would we were trying to do the separation without the public knowing so that we could both move on um, fluidly. And I also believe in organic deaths of relationship. I don't believe that, you know, people have it in them, especially when you love somebody. That's how I know that I was not loved by this man um, in the end is that there's an organic death. There is no, like, there's a mourning period. So I have to mourn this relationship during the time that I'm mourning my mother, during the same day that my aunt died on the same day as my aunt, 10 years later, that day. And I realized, I said, certain things he was saying, like, oh, stop calling me and you're harassing me and things like that. These are legal terminologies that are necessary to file a restraining order because you have to tell somebody at least a couple, two, three times. And I know because 
I've had to explain this to women that were in situations like this. So again, whoever the fuck you were trying to impress or impress upon, you can't do that, especially not when I was at your house the day before this entire situation happened. We took a nap. Everything's cool. I heard your friend on the phone that you were going over there to have drinks and y'all was going to hang out. You were going to pick up tickets for an event, which congratulations for that, for your friend. But at the end of the day, don't fucking do that. And, ladies, I want you to be careful. Watch the way a man leaves his former relationship or how he tells you that he left a former relationship. Because if he is rejoicing in this woman's pain and you don't even know the other 98% of the story, chances are, honey, it's going to happen to you. Because the way that you humiliate, and you don't have to call her your ex, but the girl that you dealt with before me, the way that you humiliate her, and she, she did some of this to herself, let's be clear. But I'm just saying, like, it was cold. I told you, had you, after you had did the deed with her, reached out to her and called her and said, look, I know that we did what we did. It kind of was an accident. I was going through something at the time. I appreciate you. I care about you. Whatever you needed to say, she wouldn't have blew up your spot like that. She blew up your spot because she was fucking angry. And I don't have that shit to do. Okay? I'm mourning the loss of my relationship because I genuinely cared. If you feel like you can move on so quickly after me, that's fine. That's cool. But then what that means to me is that either you had already moved on in the relationship and I was accurate, right, which I don't accuse men of doing anything. Like, it's whatever. But at the same time, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of when you did what you did in the first place. So it's just like it wasn't going to work out. We needed to heal. And so, like I said, this is a shock to me because I was just with this man the day before. We went for ice cream. We went to Denny's. We had breakfast. Our waitress's name was Justice. He ordered the French toast. We went to the furniture store to pick up my mattress because I got my place, my other place. You understand what I'm saying? We had ice cream. Like, this is just some weird shit to me. To the house, I saw the Yellowstone blanket. I thought he had bought it for me. He says, no, because I was upstairs laying down, and I bought the Yellowstone blanket the day that I did your Sam's Club run, which was on a Sunday, that Sunday before. So that's why this is all shocking to me, because I've watched you do this to somebody else who meant nothing to you. And so I could see if I was bothering this man, but for the three days that we were bickering, we were talking about the dog, because the dog was supposed to get uh, fixed on Thursday, and then she had to be rescheduled. Um, and like I said, there's still the teeth. Like I said, the couch is mine. He he is paying it off, you know, because that was part of the legal situation that we had to get into when his lieutenant told me, oh, no, you got to take him to court, which is not accurate. But, okay, you know, the same lieutenant that is on film saying, you know what, I'm here for you. Wow, that's that's soothing that I was followed around in every room of the house that I lived in having to decipher what I was allowed to take and what I was not allowed to take, and then I have to file paperwork to get a couch. Like, So if you're putting someone out and they own things in your house, it's kind of like, well, you wanted me out. You're evicting me. Why wouldn't I take the things that I purchased? Because now I'm in a situation where I have to hurry up and get the fuck out of your house after a situation that happened. So that's why I'm just very confused about this and what's going on. And I, and I get it, but if you had a fear of anything or if there was like you know i i'm very hurt by this notion that somebody from outside of our relationship who was not in that fucking house with you for the nine months that you were off work and i went to work and busted my ass 16 hours a day 20 hours a day um i'm very disturbed by the notion that male or female somebody could come to you and tell you fucking something about me 
Because during the time I was in a relationship with you, nobody could come and tell me anything about you. I defended you to the ends of the earth, hired an attorney for you, all that other shit. So to sit there and say that I want something detrimental to happen to you or something, you know, jacked up happened to you is just unfair. Because if that was the case, I could have just went to the hospital. I could have just told the truth the, the times that I did go. And I didn't. Okay, and at some point you have to be okay with the fact that you destroyed somebody who had nothing but love for you, and that level of care is likely not going to happen in the near fucking future because no one's putting up with this shit. I put up with it because I thought that there was going to be, you know, uh, some level of understanding or some level of loyalty or some level of love at the end, and you just can't out of somebody. He just didn't have it in him, at least not for me, you know. So with that being said, um, I just wanted to be clear. If that is what exactly you were doing, because that is what I was told, and because I don't talk to you at this time, because there's a lot of shit going on, and you know, because now you're too scared to call me, because God forbid you call and you apologize, or God forbid you call and tell me who fucking said what. Now you're you're under watch because you probably got spoken to again at work. All of this could have been avoided if you would have just asked me instead of telling you what the fuck I did. If you would have asked me, hey, Denise, did you do this, this, and this? No, actually, I didn't. And I'll stand in front of whoever told you that and tell you that I didn't do it. Because if I think that I'm going to be with somebody, why why would I fuck up my own shit? Okay? Why would I do that? That doesn't make sense. And I've had ample opportunity to do it the entire time. Now, how the conversation may have went, like I said, because I called both of those wives and said, hey, there was something going on where I'm being accused by old boy that X, Y, and Z. And they're like, I haven't even talked to you. I was like, exactly. So that's why I don't know where this is coming from. So once again, thank your friend or whoever the fuck, male or female, came back and fucking told you, because I'm having reports that it was both, that came back from your department or from the other department or whatever, who came back and told you what they thought they fucking knew, and then put it in your head that this is something that I might be doing. When the actuality of it is, is that I just went online looking for help. I'm not in any active therapeutic community right now. I said I spoke to someone. Okay? So at the end of the day, whatever it was that you thought I was going to do that you got so beside yourself about, that is not what was happening. I was trying to heal past that moment so that we could at least coexist, so that I could at least Year, you know, maybe a year later we could be friends. We can't be friends right now because I just used to live in your house. We just had sex. Like, that doesn't work like that. You understand what I'm saying? So you're running around telling people that I'm insane, and you're not telling the full truth, just like you didn't tell the full truth about the other girl. But I'm not a side chick. I was engaged to you. We were together. I had you suits made, photo shoots, all that stuff, because I was trying to integrate you into my life. And then when you realized that I was really leaving because of things that you had done and instead of you getting help, and this is the other thing that I don't like about that situation. You're so busy trying to make me out to be a fucking liar when no one is holding you accountable for the things that are actually fucking true. Like what fucking alternative bizarro world do we live in where motherfucking law enforcement does not pull somebody to the side and say, you know you shouldn't fucking hit girls, right? You know you shouldn't have punched her in the fucking face. You know you shouldn't have did this. Hey, whoever fucking told you that, why can't you have a conversation with her? If you're upset with me, you come and you talk to me. And so whoever fucking did that, that, that's the reason all your shit got put out on fucking Front Street because instead of you asking me, you're telling me what I did and you wanted to show the fuck out. 
I will not be called a liar after every fucking thing that I've done to save that relationship and to save you. I'm the one that hired the attorney so you can not fucking take a suspension at work because of the incident that happened at fucking Sam's Club. Like, don't fucking do that. So whoever allows you to fucking think that about me, fuck you and fuck them. This isn't about you being single and you being free because, baby, I'm single and free too. I got a crib. I got all these things. And I'm not fucking ugly. Okay, and I get money. So that's not the issue. The issue is is that you don't do people like that and then leave them out to fucking dry knowing that you've damaged somebody. So the fact that you sleep just fucking fine at night knowing that you fucking did somebody like this, no. Feel good about having to expose that. And I have plenty more fucking footage. I didn't feel good about that. But it was just that whoever the fuck you're lying to, you're not going to do that. It says, she's even said in the fucking tape. She said she wasn't pressing no charges. She said that was from fucking July. But you allowed somebody to tell you about me. I would never, even to this day, I don't let nobody tell me about you. If somebody can't come to me personally and say, I don't, I don't go on hearsay. I go on. I was with this person for two years. I know what he's capable of and what he's not capable of. And so if you come to me and you you bold enough to tell me something and stand on it, then I can take it back to them and say, I heard you did X, Y, and Z. Several newspapers came to me and asked me, could they take my, could I send them the photos so that they can print it and do a fucking smear piece on the police department? I said, absolutely not. No. It's already traumatic enough that I had to post that, okay, to prove my innocence to somebody who should have known better the entire time. So go thank whoever the fuck came back and told you this and told you that bullshit about the two wives and me trying to do something to you. And then you brought up somebody that was an employee of mine, okay, who actually, if you look at that particular case, that's the person that never even showed up to court. So if you really thought that that's what really happened, that person did not show up to court and would never, the shit that you're doing, that motherfucker would never do that shit to me because he respected what I did for him as a boss as his employer, to try to help him get things taken care of. He had a girlfriend the entire time. So this is just another narrative that you guys are spinning that is inaccurate. Okay? And truth be told, it was his sister that actually got me out that day. I really did something like that to him, that he would send his sister to get me out? I don't think so. So as far as the darkness is concerned, I just wanted to clarify those things. Anything that you think that you're doing, you should fucking not do that. Okay? I'm telling attorneys not to sue because I'm saying all we have to do is just wait until June 1st. It'll be fine. I'm trying to be cool with you. Let them know everything is cool. I get phone calls every week from the attorneys. So they they, they, they itching to do these deals. But they can't because of you in this fucking eviction notice. So regardless as to whether it was filed, which is a month later, I asked you, can you go down there and let them know I moved out a week later? As of last week, you told me that you had not even went down there and told them. Like, what the fuck? Oh, I'm not trying to fuck you up with no businesses. But you didn't go down there and tell them, like, hey, a week after I filed the notice, she moved out. So there's no need to, to further, because it'll mean a hell of a lot more coming from you than me and my attorneys calling there, because they was like, well, it's technically not. I'm like, yeah, but. When you're doing bank deals, they pull everything. And you know that because that's how I found out that there was money owed on my house and we had to go to Lockport. We was there. And another fun fact, 
when your mother owed a tax on the house, because I don't think you ever told her, but let's just talk about it. When your mother owed a tax on the house that they could place a lien on because she missed a payment because apparently, like, you can miss a payment and then they'll still let you keep paying the current year. It wasn't you that paid it. It was me that paid the tax on your mother's house. You printed out the receipt, and this was last year. So, again, while your mom is sitting up there talking all this shit about me, you didn't tell her, hey, mom, it was Denise and her business card that actually paid. 716 CBD paid the tax on that, on that house, because I thought that we was in, did you, or did you forget? So, you see, all this shit that I had to hold in while I'm being fucking disrespected and still never said nothing to her, I just ate it. I just ate it. I just ate it. And you want to believe the first thing a motherfucker comes tell you because somebody told you. You're sick you don't know me, like you didn't sleep in a bed next to me the day before. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm sorry. It was a nap. It wasn't a sleep in a bed. It was a nap. Okay? With that cheap-ass Yellowstone blanket downstairs, I thought you bought it for me. Okay? At the end of the day, only darkness sometimes can take out darkness. And so when I was at my worst, let's get into the show so I can talk to y'all about what darkness really means. So at the end of the day, I'm trying to keep attorneys away from you. I don't have nothing to say. You want to have something to say, you can send an email, you can contact the attorney, the one that you know of, Cliff, because that's my literary agent, or you could just be a man, okay? Fuck out of here. You know, this is not about getting back together. For us, it was never about that. So whoever you're seeing, listen, it wasn't about us getting back together. It was about us trying to let the relationship organically die. But when people have wronged you and then they continue to do you wrong and they continue to have no respect and no regard for your feelings after they fucked you over and you could have fucked them over 100 million times, yes, the live, the the show, all of those things were necessary. So like I said, I don't give a fuck who you show my text messages to. The facts remain the facts. You still had corresponding phone calls, which I have the snapshots of that because you're not going to sit up here. Because I felt like that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you was trying to make it seem like I was crazy because you was just telling somebody something. Your job spoke to you because this is a fucking problem. And instead of them see, is it going to be a problem? Maybe you should put him in some type of fucking counseling. Maybe you should sit down and pull him to the side because nobody's pulling him to the side and telling him that he's wrong or telling him, hey, maybe you shouldn't have fucking did this or maybe you should have shut the fuck up about it and just let her process her emotions. Where the fuck do you think I'm supposed to process these emotions? There's only one person on planet Earth that I know is dark than me, and that's who the fuck that I had to call, and I shouldn't have had to do that because he's not the one that put me in this situation. You are. You're the one that had to force me out of your house because you just couldn't take it anymore because I was already leaving after some abusive shit you did. You're abusive. No, I'm retaliatory, okay? And at the end of the day, you smiling up in motherfuckers' faces that you don't talk shit about who I specifically asked them, can you help me? Can you take him out? Can you talk to him? Who have seen me with bruises on the face? So, again, I'm not just protecting you. I'm protecting everybody because I already told you. Okay, so I got to call the person that I know is darker than me. And when I say darker, it means they have suffered more loss than I have. So when you are going through pain, a lot of people don't realize. Now I'm done talking about that dumb shit unless this motherfucker has another move he would like to make. Okay, don't bring me no fucking funeral flowers. There's nothing There's nothing that you can do. It's not even a fucking apology. Look at the person that came back and told you and said, you should, don't tell me nothing else about this bitch because I know her. 
And so you chose to believe somebody over me who's been in the house with you, dealing with all your shit and having your back. All right, cool. So I chose when it was my darkest time because he was unavailable because he was probably dealing with whatever he was doing and lying to somebody else because I couldn't be bothered because I'm yelling and screaming. Like somebody said, you better be glad that's all she was doing, okay? But I'm yelling at the person that caused me pain, not, you know, somebody else. And so when I say that there's somebody, there's only one person I know, and I remember because I tried to give this person Reiki, and I remember I was putting my hands over the body, and you you do that to try to gain uh, where the deficit is. Same for my ex. He has a solar plexus issue, okay? That's why I got him a yellow stone, which he conveniently got rid of it, and, you know, so he has a solar plexus issue. So we're going to see how this plays out. So this particular person, there was just nothing. I couldn't even pull anything out of him. And I remember this is years ago being so upset, thinking to myself, I can't even cure this person, so I can't love them because I can't not in that way, you know. And I remember this person having a lot of tragedy, you know. And um, I remember saying to myself, well, I could be there for you. Whenever you're going through it, just call me, whatever, whatever. And it's crazy because over the last year, there was a specific time that I didn't pick up the phone because I was going through my own shit. I was in my own hole. And um, you mentioned it. He says, you know, I called you and you, you know, you didn't answer and I really needed you that day. And I was like, I'm so sorry because I was dealing with my own space. So when we deal with grief and when we deal with mourning and when we deal with darkness, Love and light doesn't always fix that shit. Darkness can take out love and light on any given Sunday, okay? The fact that a lot of people think that you can just love somebody out of drug addiction or out of sexual addiction or out of porn addiction or out of anything is just false. Um, There is a certain kind of love that can take them out of that, but not the unconditional that you're thinking about. Because I told you, I believe unconditional love is only from parent to child, you know. And sometimes we even see in the wild, even in animals, even in panda bears, like, they, they ain't going. They're like, nah, fam. They leave their young out to die, and they don't care. Um, but I think that I remember feeling so sick to my stomach, and I was wearing all black, and my, we had just got the news that my Aunt Judy had died. And so I have to go to her uh, home going this weekend and then come back for a gala. And um, I remember thinking, who is the darkest person that I know? And I, it wasn't even a thought. Because darkness is like a hole. And uh, you you bury things in it. And so if my hole is, six feet deep. What I had, because I'm mourning the loss of my relationship, I'm mourning the loss of my future, I'm mourning the loss of my place to stay, I'm mourning the loss of plans that I had, and also I'm mourning the loss of my mother, I'm mourning the loss of my my aunt, which now means my other aunt is going to be a wreck because her two sisters are gone. And um, it's just not a good place to be, so I had to go with somebody who had a deeper hole in grief than me, who had a greater sense of loss 
than me, who had a greater sense of pain than me. And so let me just give you an example. I call y'all my kids, my spiritual children. So one of my kids, she's, you know, she calls me sis, and she'll be here this weekend um, from out of town, from Philly. And she called me about something. And she's a doula, so she's somebody that brings life into the world. Typically, people that bring life into the world, those are your light workers because children represent the light. Um, And so I remember her coming to me and asking me for some advice and just, you know, some help with something. And she says, I want to do it. And I said, it's not meant for you to do because people that are in – Communion is the best word. People that are in communion with life bringing are not and should not be the same people that are in communion with transition. So I am actually a death doula, certified, all that good stuff. I sat with people in hospice and down in Texas and other states. They pay big money um, for people to sit with their loved ones while they transition so that they don't have to be alone. But I've done it for free. And I'm also ordained so I can give last rites, all that other stuff. I can marry you, too, if I wanted to, but, you know, I'm more concerned with the evil and the the dirty things that death brings out. You know, after my girl Shan passed away from cancer at 40-something years old, leaving two uh, young men to be, you know, here on earth without it, um, I didn't like the way that the church set it up. I didn't like the way that her past was brought up in her uh, service. I don't think that was fair. Um, You know, death is is the new celebrity, right? So death is ugly. And I have a show called Death is the New Celebrity and Death is Ugly. Um, Because when people pass, like, you start seeing all kinds of different things out of people. And sometimes they don't mean it. And recently I was reading some of the paraphernalia from around the time that my mother passed. And I was not happy. You know, I'm somebody that said, if you haven't seen my mother in the last five years, do not come to her funeral. Don't come here. Because if you come, you will be tapped on the shoulder and removed. Because my mother's suffering was so great. Like, people don't understand. Like, it was like, like, it was literally like watching someone die. And there's nothing you can do, you know. And so that pain had to be buried with someone who has witnessed a parent die or both, who has witnessed, because both of my parents are deceased right now. Um, So I'm basically big mama, and I'm just me. I'm just D. Scott. And um, what I did, we we went, we had a drink, and we, um, he had duck, I had crab, crab cake, and it was an eloquent night. And at some point, we had a conversation, and I just broke down. And I cried from my diaphragm. Like, I probably lost weight uh, from this cry. And he just held me. And then he cried. Because, again, I'm probably the darkest person that he knows. And that's why I accept him and love him the way that he is, because, you know, he is a very near and dear friend to me. And... I love him the way he is because you have to transmute that chaos. You have to transmute that pain. And so the person I wanted to give the grief to is the person that really should have been there and was not. He just couldn't be bothered because my yelling was too much. 
So me going to bed with black eyes and busted limbs and things, that wasn't enough. I, You know, I had to, you know, you couldn't just take me yelling at you. And I told you why I'm yelling. So that was a big thing because I don't think this person had ever seen me break down like that. And so what that does is it creates another relationship within a relationship of saying, I trusted this person with my grief. You know, grief is something that you trust somebody with, you know. And at certain points in my relationship, I was crying every week, and it was just, it didn't affect what was going on in my relationship. It didn't change anything. But this particular person who looks at me in a very different way um, looks at me as, like, somebody that's, like, strong and somebody that's this and somebody that's that, and I just didn't know what else to do. And so I cried. And it was, it was, and I sat like in the, in the, in the lounge chair. And I remember just feeling like a baby doll because, you know, he just felt massive. He felt stronger than me. And that's because his pain and his loss was greater than mine. He's lost everybody pretty much in his life. Um, and so the next day we had a conversation about it and um, I thanked him, you know, because that level of grief is the grief that causes people to go and get blackout drunk. That level of grief, and I didn't do that, not even close. That level of grief is the grief that causes people to go and be promiscuous. And that is not what happened. That level of grief is where, you know, women black out and don't remember where they are the next day. And that is not what happened. And I'm thankful you know, that I was safe, you know, because anger is a sacred thing, just like grief is a sacred thing, just like chaos is something that is also sacred. And when I say sacred, it means it's one of a kind. It's something that is accumulated um, over a course of losses. So when you take a mourn, so, so even in a relationship, you have to mourn that, and you'll find that the people that don't accept their darkness during periods of grief, and they try to say, oh, well, you know, God had a better plan, and well, what if he didn't? You know, what if this wasn't God's plan? You know, you we act like there's not two entities that circle this world, that circle this realm. You know, what if it wasn't that, that plan? What if this was an accident? What if this was a fluke? You know? And I find that people... And I and again, I've never met anybody darker than me. But it doesn't mean that I'm not full of light. Like I, I have a garden. I have things that grow. I make things with my hands. So I can't be full of darkness, you know, in a malintent way because I touch things that touch other people. So whether I'm touching your insides with my beignets or whether I'm touching your body with my shea butters and things like that to make you feel better, um, you have to cleanse that. And so it was almost like giving someone like 100 pounds of bricks and they just take it and just bury it for you. And that is a different kind of love. There are seven different kinds of love, and that is one of them, you know. I don't think it's Celia because Celia is named after, uh, that's what Philadelphia is named after, which is why it's called the city of brotherly love. Celia is about brotherhood. Um, Agape is your unconditional. 
So I don't know what kind of love this was, but I definitely felt much better. I didn't feel like I harmed myself. And when I say harmed myself, when you are drinking too much, you're harming yourself. When you are taking pills that you're supposed to be taking, you're harming yourself. When you are sleeping with miscellaneous people, you're harming yourself. When you're having unprotected sex with people that you know you don't want children with, you're harming yourself. Where a lot of hurt and pain come from because as a woman, we all have layers. As all humans, we have layers. And if someone is taking a blanket off long enough to see you for who you are and say, I see your ugly kind, like, Y'all don't understand. Like, I crunched up like a baby doll, like a fucking baby doll, like like how you would pick up a newborn. And I'm five foot six, you know, and he just, he had to hold that, and he did. And I just, I let it all out, and I'm, I'm so thankful. Like, I'm literally, like, forever grateful. That's, like one of the nicest things and just one of the most caring things that somebody has ever done for me. And so this is what I mean when I say, I talk a lot about money and about not suffering for free and things like that, but it's just like, you can alter your position in somebody's life by just showing up for them the one time that they needed you the most. And you can also alter your place in somebody's life and heart and headspace when you are not available for them the one time that they needed you the most. And so what I was hearing from him was that, you know, I didn't pick up the phone one time, and I know that he recently had some death in the family, but I remember um, reaching out to him around that time, and I was having a conversation about it, and he was fine. But sometimes a missed call for me because I'm asleep or, oh, yeah. I'll be on and I've been up since early driving all around, but um, I'm sorry about that. But grief has a lot of friends, and they're all usually not good. You know, grief has drugs, grief has alcohol, grief has hypersexuality, grief has prostitution, grief has, you know, things you shouldn't be doing. Grief has, you know, mercury and microbraids written all over it. Let me call my ex. Let me try to, you know what I mean? And I'm not talking about this ex. I'm talking about any ex, you know. But I didn't feel the need to do that. I felt loved. And that was the thing that I needed the most. And so you also create your villain archetype when you have to bury your grief in somebody who has a tomb larger than yours. And um, I'm already thinking about what to get him for his birthday because I'm just so thankful that he was there because there's no telling that night if I would have you know, just drank myself to sleep or if I would have, you know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously in the comfort of my own home, but just it saved me a headache in the morning because what I needed was love. I did not need sex. I did not need drugs. I didn't need alcohol. I'm not a big participant in that anyway, but I needed love. And so when we say love is the highest vibration, it will not drown out the darkness unless their darkness is deeper than yours. So you'll see a lot of times, like, two crackheads together. That's because their darkness is, you know, is equivalent. You'll see, you know, just two hot-ass messes together. That's because whatever they have joining them together, which grief is a powerful thing, is equivalent. Okay? 
that's why I don't judge people on drugs because I know, like if you, I had to stop watching intervention because I, you know, coming from a psychological background, neuroscience insight, um, like I said, University of Pittsburgh and Pace University, you start looking at intervention and you're just like, oh, that right there is what happened. That right there was the trigger point. That right there is what caused them to use drugs and alcohol. And essentially, and, and sex is also the same, because there's a story of Rachel, you could tell, who was Tiger Woods' main mistress. That was years ago, the one that, you know, she lost her husband in 9-11, and she's what we call a love addict. She was somebody that loved being in love, but she was his highest paid mistress because he just adored her. And shout out to Tiger Woods because at the end of the day, not one woman, this is how you know that not only are you putting it down in the sack, but you got it like that. Not one woman from prostitute to call girl to the only woman that really has something negative to say about him is his wife, and rightfully so, because that's the one he betrayed. But all the other women that he was messing with, the prostitutes, the sizzler worker, the waitress, all them, they said they were literally, every single one of them was in love. And so that says more about your character than anything else because you would have took him for somebody that wasn't, right? And he's, you know, traveling in the same circle when we were down in um, Florida but because um, he lived outside of Orlando. So you have um, – so, like, that says a lot, right? So my reputation is not that of, like, oh, I can't stand this bitch. She crazy and she just – no, my reputation is, you know, I love the shit out of her and she loved me, but I just messed up. You know, and there is there is reconciliation in that. Not reconciliation in the fact that you're going to get back together, but there is reconciliation. And if we just give each other some time, we will be able to forgive each other. Whatever I didn't show up for you as, because it's not all them. I obviously couldn't show up for somebody, and I'm working 16 and 20 hours a day. For nine months, did you show up for me during that time, you know, and help me so that I can make seven figures instead of six? But it was supposed to be for us. It was never supposed to just be for me. You know, I put more money in somebody else's house than I put in my own house. I could have spent that twelve grand plus the other ten grand, so twenty two thousand spent in a year and I have all the receipts. I could have spent that twenty two grand in my own house. Between the grocery delivery service, because I didn't even have time to get groceries and then the things that I purchased for inside the house, all the bed bath me, I don't every towel, every blanket, every you know, these are things that I could have been doing in my own home. You know, but now I'm blessed to be able to say that that construction work should be done relatively soon. And then we have another property on the horizon and we have other, you know, commercial buildings that are in the works after June 1st, of course. So when we talk about um, darkness, it's also important to notate that darkness does not mean you're a bad person. I think of people that are dark, like, and you can feel that dark energy in them. I think of people that have suffered tremendous loss or tremendous abuse or people that have been done wrong. Like, you can see somebody and watch them act like they're a love and light person, but then it's like if there's a death or if something was taken from you the way it's taken from us that deal with darkness every day, you wouldn't be so love and light. You wouldn't be rainbows and fucking sprinkles. And, you know, you'd be like, fuck that motherfucker. I hope, you know, let the gods do what they, they want to do. And so that's why it's important for people to understand that demonic entity is not darkness. Demonic entity means that you left a loophole open. You left your door open. You were weak in the moment. And during the time that you were weak, 
something else had the ability to come in and use you as a skin suit. That's how I look at it, you know, and I think that um, people need to stop having such a negative connotation. So when we're talking about light angels, so I didn't know that there was such a thing. I mean, I guess I did, but so when I watched the Pope's Exorcist, excellent movie based on a true story, I, I prayed and I said, you know, show me a sign because I've been, I'm not, never have been. My ex-husband was, but he's Dominican. And uh, I said, well, excuse me, I said, show me a sign because I don't know why I'm so obsessed with the Vatican and just going there for my birthday in two years and all these things and standing in St. Peter's Square. Then I found out that Necropolis was underneath it. And I'm just like, what? So Jesus buried under there? Like, so. I watched the Pope's exorcist and one of the first thing he does, and it's funny because there's a biblical terminology in the beginning of the, um, of the movie, you'll see it's with the pig. And um, he pulls out the St. Benedict cross, which St. Benedict in the 1300s was one of the first exorcists of the Pope. Um, and that's what he did. And he lived you know, in Italy, and he was part of the monastery. So not only did he give last rites, but he also performed several exorcisms. So when he pulled that out, and the, you know, the Pope Benedict key is actually something that I carry on my person quite often, um, because we're around demonic entity all day. I mean, I work in an environment that's probably a portal to hell. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, I got to protect myself. And so these, what we call amulets, um, usually protect us. And so my uncle, who is an ordained minister, which most of them are, I'll be seeing a lot of them this weekend. I have to travel for my aunt's funeral. Um, They always used to tell me, they used to say, um, if you were not somebody important to the universe and to God, nobody would be attacking you. You would live a scot-free life. You would be fine. Nobody would want anything to do with you because you have nothing to offer. They don't. They already have you, right? It's the people that are facing adversity. So I watch a lot of shows, and actually Yellowstone is one of them because I love to see how other people, um, mainly white people, uh, bond and react these betrayals just even within their family because you know a black family is like nah see that you fire get out you know I'm paying your bills and so I'm also watching a show called Succession which shout out to Shiv because my entire wardrobe from 2020 to current is hers minus when they were in Italy with the flowers and the raggedy dresses but those turtlenecks and the bell bottoms that is literally my uniform at work because I can be stylish, I can be curvaceous, but at which I don't really have any curves, but I can be, you know, astute, but there's also still still a level of respect um, that's there because I can't be at work with my titties out and I can't, you know, there's, so when I make a call, it needs to stand and you can't do that. So I just wear turtlenecks and, you know, so I've been watching Succession, which is basically uh, based on the Murdoch family, which is a multi-billion-dollar family in New York City. It's a real family. They're a media conglomerate, and it's a story that's like loosely based on them. So you have your crackhead son, you have your son who's not worth a damn; he's a twit. You have the daughter who's the overachiever who marries the, you know, the settler. You have, and then you have everyone trying to destroy. Now the Murdochs, um, Mr. Murdoch, he married like 
five times. I believe he married like five times. And he had children from each respective marriage. So, you know, they thought he died and he didn't die. And then there's this whole like situation with it. So for me, I watched that in Yellowstone just to see how like, and it was funny because Somebody was saying to me the other day, they're like, and this is, you know, this is just me, like, going through my day-to-day life, and they're just like, you're so resilient. They're like, you get thrown or you get, you know, thrown something or you get told no, and then you just, you literally find your way around it. I said, because I'm like water. It's slow, right? So a no to me is just really another way of you saying just find another way. You know, there there is no no. If it's something that I want. Now, I can see God hindering something um, from me, and then you look back, and then you say, oh, that's why I wasn't allowed to have that, or that's why that happened like that. Um, and then I always appreciate that. So for me, I am in a space where I'm trying to heal past the things that I talk about, the things that I don't talk about. When I said that I needed to talk to somebody, it was. I'm trying to get back into therapy, but it's just very difficult because, again, it has to be somebody that's outside of this area because I don't trust anybody at this time, and I had to go online. So, no, I'm actually not currently in therapy, but I have been talking to somebody to help me, period, because I can't talk to anybody else about it. Because, again, I'm still trying to protect someone. Like, I have no interest in talking to police because, motherfucker, when I was there, you didn't want to talk to me. And then it was, oh, well, this is this is happening. They're not going to do anything. Nothing's going to happen. He might get spoken to at work again. Who cares? Because I'm not answering any questions. So at the end of the day, my concern is just making sure that my constituents, when they get off the plane, coming here to see buildings and houses and progress on the things that I've done, my interest is in making sure that they know that this is not something that's going to be a hindrance, you know. Um, And so for me, I just feel like it's important for us to have friends that we are able to open up to like that because it's just very unfortunate that we as black people, we get these betrayals. And it just, it stops everything for us. It stops the money. It stops this. It stops stops that. We are the only race that does that. I see Israeli people. I see Muslim people. I see black people, or not black people, but white people. I see, you know, I see people that go through minute betrayals or things that just humans do, as long as it's not stealing, and they get over it. They're like, all right, but this is what we have to do. And I think succession is a good uh, show about that where he's like, I watched my son literally try to backstab me and betray me. And now because there's an incident that happened, the father's like, you're more like me than what you think. And that's what we want for all of our children. We just want our children to be the better versions of ourselves. Right. So as my son finishes his freshman year in college, so, and I'm proud of myself because wealth to me meant that I was able to pay for that for him. And, um, and so I, and I did. So my manifestations and the things that I'm going through and the things that I want to have in this life do not require me to suffer first. That's a fallacy, and it is not what God wanted. That's not, if God wanted me to suffer, he would have, you know, placed me in Seattle where it rained, you know, 80% of the time with no sunlight and, you know, terrible uh, sushi, you know. Um, But he didn't do that. He placed me in the city that I love. He placed me in a place where I could grow and he placed me in a place where I can make money. Money equals freedom. 
money never means more to me than merely just freedom. And so when I think about the things that I've had to sacrifice, the things that I've had to do to be in the space that I'm in, like I'm proud of myself because I really never um, compromise anything. But I don't like to be lied on. And I'm just very, I'm just more taken aback that it's just like, after everything that I've heard about you and X, Y, and Z, I always just took it to you. Even if I didn't believe it, I just took it to you and said, this is what's being said. You know, what is your, you know what I'm saying, your response to this? And um, I just think that I was, again, like, it's, it's almost like, how do we go from we were just there to now we're like strangers and just it's, it's a very hurtful morning process. And because he's not the type of person that knows even how to get back, not get back, but just get back to a space where I was trying to heal past it. Like, and I'm so upset and I keep bringing this up because we literally had a breakthrough. We're both in the car crying. Like we're both in his truck crying and we're, we're outside the restaurant from eating. Like how did it just go all bad? Because I've watched you do this to somebody else for the sake of their feelings instead of being concerned with, you know what I'm saying, with with mine. So everybody is in a space in the spring where they are um, moving forward with things. They are in a space where they are pushing past things and we are healing from the things, but y'all already know, like if we keep things a secret, which is what I have been doing, they are harming me. Like I am physically have been ill because of this. I have physically suffered and sacrificed only to be lied on, you know, and, and there's no amount of money in the world that's going to fix that. I am trying, like, I'm, like I said, like imagine trying not to sue somebody because that's what somebody else wants, because what's being done is actually slander. Because it's, if it's not true, because here's the thing, I could say anybody's name I fucking want to, because if it's true, it's true. And so no one is holding this person accountable saying, you, you listen, dude, she didn't hit herself in the face. We know about the other bullshit. She didn't hit herself in the face. So I don't give a shit what the bitch did. It, when you were on vacation, she didn't hit herself in the face. The fact that she had to sleep on a couch in an $800 a night villa, like, like, why are we arguing? And then, like I said, the entire time, the last, like, 12 months of the relationship, I'm like, I don't feel loved. I don't think you love me. Well, that's what you think. And this is this. No, because I'm waiting for you to show me. And if you can't show me, that means you shouldn't be saying it. That's why I had to talk over because you're lying. I, and, again, now do you understand, people, what I'm saying to you? When, when I say that I have been loved, you're talking about, Somebody took my pain and put it somewhere. So imagine how dark that y'all think that I am. Aunt dies hours before I come to dinner with you because you're trying to make me feel better, make me feel pretty, make me feel like, okay, you know. And you have to take that pain from me because you love me in whatever capacity that is. And you take that pain from me. And you're trying to transmute it so that you can get rid of it so that I can have a better day or a better evening. That right there is the greatest form of love really that there is, you know, to be able to take somebody's pain. And I've done that. 
you know, and it didn't do me any good. So I'm not in a space where a lot of people are like, somebody was like, oh, he, you know, now this dude fucked it up for everybody. And, you know, no, that's not true. Like, I've not been in a situation like this for 25 years. Like, I'm good. Like, when it's time for me to start dating and start getting out there, you're not going to be penalized for what he did because I know that at one point he did love me. At one point we had a great relationship and then it just fucking died. And I think that when things die, people get angry because it's like, I don't want to keep this thing. It's like, it's kind of like my son's car that keeps breaking down. He says, I don't want to keep putting money into this car. And it's not, you know, I don't have the money to keep putting into this car. And I just, right. But it's that car's purpose was never to take you three to four years or five years. That car's purpose was for you to just really just drive it where you needed to go back and forth. It wasn't for the long term, you know, and and relationships are the same way. Some things are not supposed to be, um, some relationships are not supposed to be long term. And so in the end, you look at some relationships and say, I'm thankful for that relationship because it feels like it was a lesson. It feels like, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm supposed to be learning something from this. And I did. So I don't harbor any ill will. Like I said, I don't want, you think I want to go to court and be sitting there and just dragging things out through the mud? No, but I'm also not going to sit there and have you act like you want to file a restraining order against me. <laughs> like, and I'm the person that's not filed one against you, and you're trying to make it look like I'm harassing you. And I literally was just with you the other day, and then I was with you over the weekend. Like, you had done me a big favor, like, bringing that, you know, you move my my, my mattress to, to my mom's house so that we can – you understand what I'm saying? It just – it didn't have to be like this. If we would have allowed it to organically die and you just understand that, you know what, she just needs – 10 minutes of solid just getting this out of her system because I really fucked her over and I really had done fucked up shit. But because no one is checking you on that saying, dude, this is fucked up. I would have never made a spectacle of my relationship like that because I'm actually a private person, you know, and I didn't, I don't want to harm him. That's not, like I said, I ain't talking to no police. It's just mostly lawyers that are trying to get their money back because they thought that this investment was going to happen ASAP. And it can't until after June 1st. So we got less than 30 days now until that happens, and I think all will be well. I think that for the most part, I thank most of you for reaching out to me, but I have no interest in newspaper articles, going on the news, telling who it is, telling, you know, because a lot of you didn't even know who it was. You just, you just, you know, placated and just played hide and seek and guess. But I also have no interest in hearing about anything he's doing. I don't care. Um, please don't go and tell him if you see me out and about with somebody because it's none of his business and it's just going to cause a problem. You know, this is somebody that, like I said, when you love people, it's very difficult to hurt them. And I think that my level of pain was just so bad that it's just like the one person that I thought really was supposed to be there for me when they were not that's where that anger comes from because it's just like we were just together a month ago, like as far as living in the house together. You made some terrible mistakes. So the least that you can do is take this grief from me. And so the fact that he couldn't take it, I understand that is a message read loud and clear. But then the fact that you were with me that Thursday, everything not was fine, but we were okay. 
And then Friday, it's a different story. Like, who got to you and who are you? Like, this is not what I signed up for. And so I just let things go. Like, I don't want to file paperwork. I don't want to do any of that stuff. It's just I'm trying to let things ride out, and you're making it very difficult to do that because you keep lying to somebody to try to make it seem like you didn't care about me or that you didn't love me or that, you know, the relationship is completely over. That's impossible. We were just literally living together. So unless you planned on doing what you did in St. Thomas, there's no way that anybody would have known that that was going to happen. So you have to let things organically die. People that are in relationships that let things organically die, they organically, if they feel like they want to go to lunch, they go to lunch. If they feel like they want to go to dinner, they go to dinner. If they feel like you know, this person is going on. Like you had just asked me something about your family coming in and, you know, Juneteenth, like that would have been fine. But because you allow somebody else to come and tell you that, like, I'm just really disappointed. I would have never done that prior to that. So it is what it is, you know, and, and, and people have to let things go. So please don't go back and tell him nothing. He wants to have a conversation. He knows where I'm at. I want to have a conversation. I know where he's at. I have no interest in having a conversation right now because you was fucking wrong. And I would have never did no shit like that to you that you accused me of. And you did all this to impress somebody else instead of just saying, well, I fucked her over. So let me ask her, did she really say that or if that's what she's really thinking? I've slept in the bed with you since then, since St. Thomas and quite recently. So this does not, I don't understand. I let it go. But like I said, you know, it doesn't need, don't go back telling him shit. You weren't in our relationship. You didn't help. Don't come back and tell me shit because I don't care. Let that man do whatever he needs to do to move on with his life. And I'm going to do the same. And then if we see each other on the other side of the rainbow at some point, that's what's up. I've never had any intentions on taking anybody off the earth. That is not ever what was my issue. But like I said, meanwhile, I could say the same thing about you. Like, damn, you weren't trying to kill me when you was knocking me the fuck out? You see what I'm saying? So y'all got to let stuff go. Y'all have to, if you dating them, if your sister or your cousin dating them, that's nice. Don't come back and tell me because I really don't care. You know, that's that's that man's business. Let him do what he wants because I just pray that everybody's going to be all right. And if you see me out and about with somebody, don't go back and tell that man because it's none of your business. I'm trying to heal and I'm trying to let things die organically. And it's very difficult to do that when you keep plunging people into darkness and making them, you know, again, it goes back to nobody can never come and tell me nothing about you that I wouldn't just call and ask. But the fact that you allow somebody to do that, you know, I'm letting that go on that.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.